Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday Rosh Chodesh morning. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Hashem, min ikolech mi bechi, venaich mi dimach, Thank you. 
Take 
dreams understood And everything happens just the way it should Just the way it should, yeah, just the way it should Let's stand together, you and I As one or better, just give it a try Fire and ice both in our souls We're all unique, always hold just a piece of the puzzle In his great scheme I'll stand with you With Eighth Day, We All Belong is their brand new single. Uri Davidi before that, brand new with Muhanim. You heard Mayor Sherman in there. That's Ihiya Chodesh uh, on this Rosh Chodesh morning. Ohad had both Mini Kolech and Malchuscha. Um, Netzach Yisrael, that was Yaakov Shweki. And of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Tuesday. It's June the 4th, the very first day of Sivan. It is Rosh Chodesh morning. Today is day number 45 in the counting of the Omer. That's six weeks and three days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. 56 degrees, mostly sunny and a high of 73. Partly cloudy tonight, low 62. Tomorrow afternoon, thunderstorms. High Wednesday, 86 degrees. Woo, I like that. 88 right now in Yerushalayim, 56 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM and the AM. Make sure to uh, comment on the app if you have something you want to communicate to us. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Make sure to support our, our spring fundraiser. Go to uh, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Give generously so this programming just keeps going and going and going. We have, after all, proven ourselves after 36 years, wouldn't you say? So uh, please uh, support us and participate in our annual fundraiser. That would be wonderful, and I thank you for that. Uh, congratulations to all the honorees last night at the Yeshiva University Athletic Hall of Fame. The induction ceremony was amazing. I was so honored to be part of it by presenting uh, David Kufel, the legendary Yeshiva University men's basketball player. Um, 
for induction into the Athletics Hall of Fame, the YU Athletics Hall of Fame. And um, it, it was just great being up there. I, I opened up my remarks by saying to Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman, uh, president of Yeshiva University, and all who were gathered there, that when I'm on that campus, I feel like I am home. And they should always be able to uh, to do that, to be like home for those of us who uh, adore Yeshiva University. So thank you, everybody, for uh, making it an amazing night. Uh, AD, Athletic Director Joe Bednarsh, and the administration of both YU and the Athletic Department made it a fantastic evening. And uh, it was just wonderful to be part of it. And again, I say thank you. JM and the AM today, uh, Ellie Lacks and Yisrael Retches of the Iron Teitelbaum Orchestra are expected in studio here at JM and the AM. Uh, many of you who are familiar with the world of Jewish music have been following the changes that have been going on, specifically their addition to the Iron uh, Teitelbaum Orchestra. And uh, we will discuss what's happening with the orchestra and uh, why their uh, why their contribution to it is so significant. They'll be with us here at JM and the AM. Looking forward to greeting them in the seven o'clock hour, eight o'clock hour. We'll talk about Akdamus. Shavuos begins Saturday night. Akdamus is going to be said Saturday night. I know it's not going to feel that way. <laughs> you you you're going to think it's Sunday morning, but for a lot of people, it's still going to feel like Saturday night. <laughs> but Akdamus really is said Sunday morning, so. <laughs> But for a lot of people, it's going to be Saturday night, the way they're going to feel when Akdamas is being said. Anyway, uh, we'll explain all of that coming up 8 o'clock hour this morning here at JM in the AM. Rosh Chodesh morning. By the way, on JM Rewind, we're going to encore part of our Yom Yushalayim special from Sunday. Get ready for that. If you missed the Yom Yushalayim uh, look back at 1967 through the sounds of 1967, it's coming up this morning between 9 and 10 on JM Rewind. So I'm I'm giving you fair warning, because I'm sure there are a lot of people who want to hear it. So I'm giving you fair warning between 9 and 10, JM Rewind, Yom Yushalayim Special, uh, and it'll be the sounds of 1967 as led for us by narrator Mayor Weingarten. And boy, are we looking forward to that. Our community with the United Task Force featuring the staff of Interborough. That comes up at 10 o'clock this morning. Avrami's live lunch at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Lots going on. On a Tuesday at JM in the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network.
מסביב לעולם. יש צרות, דאגות, החיוך נעלם. מחר תראה רק שחור, כי גם זה יעבור. והכל יסתדר, כי השם יעזור. יש תקווה, נשאיר כולנו יחד. יש אמונה חזקה מכל הפחד. לא ניפול, לא נירד, כי אנחנו לא לבד. יש לנו השם
Boy, remine, 
מדוע אתם שותקים? מדוע אתם שותקים רבותיי? מה אתם מחכים?
JM in the AM with the great Rib Shlomo Kalbach, Uvao Ha'ovdim, Yesh done by Miami Mizrach, Shmuel Younger had Macha Bracha, you heard Gershon Verobo with Rabbi Nachman, Yesh Tikva, that was Benny Friedman, and Yehuda Green with Hodul Hashem, words we say today because, of course, it's a Hallel Day being Rosh Chodesh Sivan. All the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh, including, excuse me, including Yalaviavo, Half Hallel, special Torah reading, Musaf, Barachinavshi, and whatever your custom calls for on a Rosh Chodesh morning. Day number 45 in the counting of the Omer, six weeks and three days, 45, six weeks and three days. You forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. 56 degrees, mostly sunny, a high temperature of 73. Don't forget our spring fundraiser is in full swing. All you got to do is go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Give generously to JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. Help us, encourage us to continue our amazing programming every single day. It is heartwarming how many people tune in to these broadcasts on a daily basis, and I thank you for that. I was up at the YU Hall of Fame ceremony last night. The number of people who tell me they're tuned in every day was just wonderful, and I thank you for that. So that's fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Coming up, Ellie Lax and Yisrael Retches, our Tadabam Orchestra. They are scheduled to be with us in the 7 o'clock hour this morning. And plenty more happening on a Tuesday. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next at JMDM. Galei Tzal, Mirushalayim, Hashah Ashtayim. Kanehud Graf, Im Mashekore Achshav. הלווייתה של נחמה ריבלין, רעיית נשיא המדינה, תארך מחר בהר הרצל בירושלים. נחמה ריבלין הלכה לעולמה הבוקר בגיל 73. כתובתנו בבית הנשיא, שיר עזרף. נחמה הלכה לעולמה לאחר השתלת הריאה שעברה בבית החולים ביילינסון, שם הייתה מאושפזת בשלושת החודשים האחרונים. היא עבדה רוב חייה במחלקה לזיאולוגיה ואקולוגיה באוניברסיטה העברית, והייתה ידועה באהבתה לטבע, לאומנות, לשירה ולספרות. מחר הייתה אמורה לחגוג נחמה את יום הולדתה ה-74. היא הותירה אחריה בעל, שלושה ילדים ושבעה נכדים. שעת ההלוויה שתתקיים מחר בהר הרצל עדיין לא ידועה. מאירה תמיר לוטנר, חברתה הקרובה של נחמה ריבלין, סיפרה על חוויותיהן המשותפות בשיחה עם יעל דן בגלי צה"ל. היינו הולכות לבלט ולאופרה ולכל מיני דברים, וכשישבנו במופע והמכשיר חמצן שלה עשה קצת רעש, אז היא כיבתה אותו, היא אמרה לי, נורא לא נעים שאנשים יסבלו מהמכשיר חמצן הזה. מאוד אכפתית. המסירות הייתה למתה איזושהי בעיה, אולי אני יכולה לעזור, וגם להפך. כתבנו לענייני בריאות מאיר מרציאנו שמע את רופאה האישי של נחמה, פרופסור מרדכי קרמר, בבית החולים בילינסון. נחמה נזקקה לחמצן בשנים האחרונות, וכפי שכולם ראו, היא ליוותה את בעלה הנשיא בכל הנסיעות שלו לחו"ל. היא התעקשה תמיד לנסוע עם חמצן וללוות אותו, אבל בשנה האחרונה חלה החמרה במצבה. היא עברה את השתלת הריאה לפני שלושה חודשים. אך מערכות הגוף שלה לא הצליחו לשרוד את הניתוח המורכב. שרת המשפטים היוצאת, 
היועץ המשפטי לממשלה, אביחי מנדלבליט, אמר, היו מחלוקות בינינו, אך תמיד התנהלנו בכבוד ובאמון. באת לעבוד, ובהחלט עשית פה עבודה רבה. באת גם לשנות, ואכן שינית דברים. וגם בראייתי, שינוי זו לא מילה גסה. ניתן באמצעות דיאלוג, גם אם לא תמיד מסכימים על כל דבר, להביא לשינוי שהוא חשוב למערכת. מדבריהם הביאה כתבתנו לענייני משפט, מוריה אסרף. הישיבה התיכונית בני עקיבא בגבעת שמואל הודיעה לשני תלמידים שתקבל אותם לשורותיה לאחר שנדחו במסגרת מיונים לא חוקיים שערכה בקבלה למוסד. השינוי בהחלטת הישיבה מגיע לאחר הפרסום של כתבנו דורון קדוש בתוכניתנו בוקר טוב ישראל על ועדות הקבלה שעורכת הישיבה לתלמידים. העתירה שהגישו הורי התלמידים נגד המוסד תישאר על כנה כדי למנוע מקרים דומים בעתיד. על רקע מספר התיירים הנמוך שהגיע לאירוויזיון בישראל, נרשמה ירידה במספר התיירים הנכנסים לישראל בשלושת החודשים האחרונים. כתבתנו עינב קרנר. על פי הנתונים מנוקי העונתיות עולה כי בשלושת החודשים האחרונים נרשמו 371 אלף כניסות תיירים. מדובר על ירידה של 2% ביחס לשלושת החודשים הקודמים, דצמבר 2018 עד פברואר 2019. מתחילת השנה חלה עלייה של 10% ביחס לשנה החולפת. מזג האוויר מעונן חלקית וחם מהרגיל לעונה. אלה החדשות שעורך אילן אהרונוב.
J.M. in the A.M. Peduscha, that's Baruch Levine here at J.M. in the A.M. Before that, the uh, Dove Hendler selection, Yehia Chodesh, on this Rosh Chodesh morning. Lipa with Chassan Domela Melech to open up the hour here at J.M. in the A.M. It's a Tuesday on a Rosh Chodesh morning. We'll celebrate Rosh Chodesh with both Ellie Lax and Yisrael Retches from the Aaron Tadelbaum Orchestra. They're going to be here to discuss uh, some of the latest and greatest in the world of uh, great Jewish music orchestras. We'll do all of that coming up this hour here at JM. The eight o'clock hour, a little bit about Akdamus. After all, we say it on, uh, well, for most people, you'd say we say it Sunday morning, but for a lot of people, it's going to feel like Saturday night. <laughs> you say it after being up all night on Shavuos morning. And uh, we have the authority on Akdamus who's going to be joining us here at JM. So we'll do that later on this morning if you keep it right here. 56 degrees, mostly sunny, a high temperature of 73. Elliot Weiselberg presents our Yeshiva League sports update every single Tuesday, 7.20 in the morning here at JM in the AM. In fact, uh, the season of Yeshiva League sports update is going to be coming to a rapid end at the end of June. These are our last couple of sports updates that we go back uh, in October uh, to the next school year. So a big thank you to Elliot for doing this each and every week. And, of course, right now he is focused on the spring sports, which is always uh, something a little bit different for the Yeshiva League Sports Update. Yeshiva League Sports Update time now with Elliot Weiselberg at JM in the AM. Thanks, Nachum. June is upon us, which means that we are only a few weeks away from the conclusion of the 2018-2019 school year. But before that happens, the spring sports year needs to crown just a handful more champions. Straight ahead on the Tuesday morning, JM the AM Sports Update, Frisch doubles down in boys' soccer, Heschel doubles up in girls' hockey, and the doubles are flying on the diamond as the softball and baseball quarterfinals take place. All that and more straight ahead. Good morning, I'm Elliot Weisselberg. Two championships took place this past week. The first brings to a close the 2018-19 soccer calendar. A week after the Frisch Cougars dominated in the Varsity Boys Soccer Final, the Boys JV squad has brought home a second championship, defeating the TABC Storm. The Cougars were the Storm's only blemish in their Western Division crown this season, and the trend continued in the final, where the Cougars were able to go one step further than they did last year when they lost to SAR. The second championship on the week was in girls hockey, where for the first time, two teams east of the Hudson River vied for the crown as Ramaz and Heschel squared off in Maya Note. The two teams ended off their respective regular seasons against each other in early May, when Ramaz took two third-period goals to upend the defending champions 2-1. This past Wednesday night, the Heat took their revenge. Tied 1-1 with 38 seconds left in the second period, Heschel Jr. Maya Eskenazi exploded past the Ram defense for a breakaway goal that was would put Heschel in front for good in a 3-1 victory for Heschel's second straight league crown. 
Only one indoor final remains, the Boys Volleyball Championship, which will feature Ramaz and the North Shore Stars. North Shore swept Frisch 3-0 to advance. After taking the first game by the score of 21-18, Frisch wouldn't score 18 points combined in the next two games, falling 21-9 and 21-8. The two finals competitors faced off just before Pesach, where the Stars swept the Rams in three straight. Heading outdoors now, where the playoff action is not quite up to the finals. In boys' varsity softball, the final semifinal competitor was decided this past weekend when TABC upended YDE 6-2 to advance. They will now take on number one Shari Torah this Friday for the right to compete for the varsity championship. In the other semifinal, seven-seeded Darche Torah looks to return to the finals when they take on six-seeded JEC on Wednesday. In girls' softball, Maya Note advanced to the semifinals with a 10-0 win over Central, but were dispatched by the defending champion SAR Sting 4-3. The Sting now await the winner of Hillel SKA, which will take place Friday. Finally, in baseball, the semifinals will be a battle of geographic rivalries. Ramaz and Heschel will pick up where the girls' hockey team left off, battling for NYC bragging rights after defeating MTA and Hafter respectively, both by 1-0 scores. In the other bracket, it'll be a Route 4 rivalry duo, TABC and Frisch squaring off for New Jersey supremacy after dispatching Flatbush and SAR in the quarterfinals. And that was your Tuesday morning jam in the AM Sports Update. I'm Elliot Weiselberg. We've stood the test of time. Ages passing, ages we don't blink an eye. Every generation they arise. Love and unity is our battle cry You push and you pull and you give and you take But you just can't break this bond Cause we are stronger Circle this city and it all 
J.M. in the A.M. Rosh Chodesh morning. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday. Don't forget our big fundraiser is on, Spring Fundraiser 4, the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, supporting J.M. in the A.M. and the Nachum Siegel Network. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Give generously and participate in our Spring Fundraiser, which I believe, as is our tradition, will come to an end uh, this time on June the 30th, which has been... Uh, our tradition the last couple of years. As we get into the final weeks, make sure you participate. And I thank those who've sent in envelopes with generous donations. And I thank those who've gone to the web and have uh, contributed to keep us going. Again, that's fjbunity.org, and we thank you. 
Yisrael Retches, Ellie Lax, Aaron Tanabam Orchestra, all coming up in the next few minutes if you keep it here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav Zevin, Yosef Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basar, Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. As we near Kabbalah Satora, there is a very interesting observation. When it comes time to saying the bracha over the Torah for an aliyah, we say Baruch Hashem Hamavayroch Lelom Voed. We use the name of Hashem that signifies the divine attribute of mercy in loving kindness. However, when we're talking about food, we say Baruch Elokeinu Shechanu Mishalom. Blessed is Elokeinu. That's the name of Hashem that signifies the divine attribute of the Midas Adin, a strict judgment. The great Tzaddik, the Baba Verov, Zechot Tzaddik Levrach asks the question, why is it? Why when it comes to food, we use Elokeinu, which signifies the divine attribute of Midas Adin. When it comes to Torah, it is Hashem, the divine attribute of loving kindness and Rachamim. And he says the following, that when it was that Hashem appeared at the Kriyas Yamsuf, at the division of the sea, at that moment, he appeared like a Ish Gibor, like a young man, sturdy, a man of war. However, when Hashem was appearing at Harsinai, he was then Kizaken, like an elderly person, filled with Rachamim, filled with mercy. What's the reason? Because when it came time to saving our life, when it came time that we were going to escape the Egyptian oppression and we would flee with our lives, that was Alpidin. That was something that had to happen. If not, we would have perished, God forbid. So at that time, it was Midas Adin. Hashem appeared as an Ish Gibor, as a man of war. However, at the time of Kabbalah Satara, Hashem did not have to give us the Torah. The fact that we received it was through great chesed v'rachamim, loving kindness and mercy. So Hashem appeared then as an elderly man filled with mercy. The same thing is when we make the bracha over the Torah, we use the name of Hashem that signifies the divine attribute of mercy and loving kindness. However, when we use the name of Hashem, in speaking about Hashem giving us food, then it is the midah of din. It is the divine attribute of strict judgment because Hashem has to provide us for food. Otherwise, we would not be able to exist. When it comes to Shavuos, we realize that Hashem is so filled with mercy and loving kindness for His people. He gives us the Torah. The Torah is our life. It helps us to live. It helps us to continue on in this world. It helps us by giving us hope for the future. That is the greatness of the Torah that we learn. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Shalom, Marcus, 
Rosh Chodesh morning at JM in the AM on a Tuesday broadcast. Thanks so much for joining us. David Perlman with Adon Alam. You heard Derek Achim in there with Imesh Gachech. I mean, Anili Mili, that was Shlemi Gertner and Yaakov Shweki's age to open up that set here at JM in the AM. Ten minutes before the hour, we have promised you for many, many weeks to bring these two gentlemen into studio at JM in the AM to discuss uh, their um, amazing contribution to the reimagined Aaron Teitelbaum Orchestra. Uh, something that has been a uh, a very big piece of news in the world of Jewish music and something that's already reflected in both the uh, weddings and celebrations that they're doing and, of course, the videos that they are producing and releasing to the public, which is something that the Aaron Tadabam Orchestra and Productions is doing on a regular basis. We welcome into our studio both Ellie Lax and Yisrael Retches on this special Rosh Chodesh morning at JM in the AM. Ellie Yisrael, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, guten a pleasure. It's not always uh, it's not always very easy to get hardworking people who often are working deep into the night into the studio in the early morning. So yes. I thank both of you for the effort. You agree Seven, with that, huh? 7.45 <laughs> is not prime performance time for a wedding musician. <laughs> Ellie, in fact, bowled me over when he told me that on a regular basis he's He's trying to keep a nine to five schedule during the day, and again, when you're doing the midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock thing, depending on where you are, not always easy, right? Not easy, not easy. But you know, uh, Israel here is practicing eight a.m. every day. So. Is that also true? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I get up early to practice. It's not, but it's not prime time. Uh, you know, interview time. We're we're not at the top of our games at seven forty-five. But for the Nachum Siegel show, I appreciate it. And by the way, both of you have said that for months that for this show you would do it at yeah. any time, and I greatly appreciate it. And we'll talk about the reimagined in a moment, but you mentioned practice, and I just have to ask you. Uh, you are regarded, uh, especially for someone your age, don't take that in any way as an insult, as one of the premier drummers that we see on a regular basis. Thank you so much. How often do you have to practice? Do you have to be in that studio every day to satisfy your desire to stay on top? It's. It, I don't know if it's a desire to stay on top, but is it as it is a desire to just get better every day, to want to be the best musician that I can be. So, you know, I don't, the, the question, do you have to do this or that? To, right. You know, it's a choice. I, right. It's a choice. It's a choice that I make to, uh, to want to be a better musician. And the are there, are there times, are there milestones where you say to yourself, oh boy, this is sounding a lot better than it did two months ago. Or I really, I really hop this now so much better than I did. Yes. And, but believe it or not, it's, it's something that I go through a lot is that, and if there's any musicians out there that are listening, and it's maybe they they can uh, yeah, they'll probably get it. Identify right. with there's um there are periods that are called plateaus where you just try so hard to get something new, or you're trying to work on something to sound good, and it, and you just think you'll never get there, and you never get there, and like you know recently you have what's called breakthroughs where you kind of break that wall of something that you're. We're still waiting for one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, you um you work very hard to try and you know get the least amount of plateaus and the most amount of breakthroughs. Now, to the casual observer like myself, like Dorothy and the Scarecrow, it always seems like the pianist or keyboard player or leader has a special relationship with the drummer. <laughs> Am I right that there's a symbiotic channel that is formed between the two of you that would not be with any other musician on the bandstand? Absolutely. The The core of the band is the, is the rhythm section. Right. The rhythm section is, you know... Most of the time, made up of the keyboard bassist and the drummer. The drummer lays it down, and the keyboard player is kind of trying to guide the rest of the band on top of that. So the one trying, most trying is the, the one, the one most consistent thing that needs to you know be solid is the 
the band leader slash keyboard player's relationship with the drummer. So it's a good thing we don't get along off the bands then. <laughs> and that means you're talking music a lot more than with other musicians? Yeah, yeah. I don't, uh, the only thing I care about coming to a, to a wedding or any musical scenario is that I get along with the drummer. I don't care about anything else in the band. The rest of the band will follow suit based on as long as the the chemistry is there between the band leader and the And can you adjust to get along with most drummers? No. (laughs) Seriously? Absolutely not. You have a preference? Absolutely. There's no, I mean. Is is it possible you would not have made this move to work with our entitled band if you throw a retro? Absolutely. This is a package deal. This was a package deal. Seriously? Absolutely. And what about you? Would you have made this move without knowing that that Ellie would be with you on a regular basis? Ellie was uh, one of a very select few people that I would have said, you know, I couldn't believe it when, when I heard that it was going to be Ellie. It was I, My jaw hit the floor, and I was like, I, I think I might have just won the lottery. Flattery is so, not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> so career-wise, this was, a, some would say, an opportunity. You might say a golden opportunity. Career-wise, this is, and, and again, forget the business end of it. I'm just saying on the musical end of it, you considered this whole thing an upgrade or a great move. Let's put it that way. I don't insult anybody, but a great move. No, no, no. So I have a lot of, I have, thank God I've been, you know, blessed with good drummers throughout this whole musical journey. Um, none of which have the kind of heart in, in their playing as, as much as uh, Wretched does. So for me, coming to the bandstand and enjoy, enjoying it as much as another guy on the bandstand and obviously the drummer, which makes the most right. difference. Is huge. And you know what's funny? I appreciate again, it. Again, and I hope he doesn't take this as an insult, again, to the casual observer who doesn't know music well, I'm in that category, although people out there don't believe that, <laughs> um, he, he's not as flamboyant and as wild, because drummers do have a reputation sometimes for doing their own show and, and being wild during a performance, as others are. Nonetheless, his other qualities totally supersede all so that. So I'll, I'll argue with that. He, he started... I, I don't know how long he's here already, but I think like ten years ago he was he was the most flamboyant drummer. <laughs> he was making the most. Uh, you noticed him on the bands. He was he was <laughs> you know he was definitely putting out the biggest show. And over the years he got more disciplined and more and more you know into his playing and what he sounds like. And from the way you're saying it, it sounds like that's important. It's, it's huge. There's there's a there's a difference between a guy who's you know doing playing everything he can and a guy who realizes that doing. You know, less is more, and that's a huge thing for a drummer. I also think there's that there's an evolution to, um, especially a working musician, when you get to a point where you realize it's really not about me, and it's more about the song, and it's more about the band, and it's more about the dance floor, and it's more about we're here to make people dance, and we're here to make people happy, and this is not about me, and this is not about the cool tricks that I can do, and this is not about how fast I can get around the drum set. It's or the drum solo and all. Right. That. right. It's really more about how is is the music good enough for people to dance to. So the two of you, as corny as this might sound, your best feeling is when you look out and see that people are completely into it. By a long shot. Like that is the greatest thing. You may sound great, your colleagues may be totally in rhythm with you, but the best thing is when you look out there and you... There's no, I mean, there's no, we, we have great, great, great weddings, and then we have the weddings that are kind of mediocre, and the only, you know, thing that makes, basically the only discerning factor is what the crowd is doing. Right. If the crowd is into it and dancing with the band, like, I don't know, you were there this, this past Sunday, that was right. that was energy in the right. room, the band. A lot of youthful that. enthusiasm Absolutely. There. That's also a reciprocal relationship right. between the band and 
the crowd. You know? Well, we would say feeding off each other. Exactly, right? exactly, and it's uh, and you know, you can you can notice it anytime you go to a wedding where you kind of feel the magic in the air. You you'll look and you'll see that the dance floor is on fire at the same time that the band is on fire and they're feeding off each other. Ellie Lax and Yisrael Wretches, Aaron Teitelbaum Orchestra. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. You know, so to the novice, like, again, you know, I think I'm representing a lot of people out there in terms of our, you know, only cursory knowledge of music. We think that we hop how he gets to the level that he's at. He's a drummer. And, you know, you, you practice more and more. And you you know, that, we can understand it. Your job to us looks completely different because we know that you, you know, you're leading the orchestra. You're playing what to us is, again, not an insult, but to us looks like a much more complicated instrument, right? Drums to the common man looks a lot less complicated than what you do. And uh, and you're reading the music and leading it, etc. Uh, so how so? What do you do? He he tells us that he's in the studio every day practicing. You must have to I don't know learn new songs and practice them, and then think about what the other musicians are going to be doing during those songs all the time. So the huge the huge part of Aaron Tadabam is Israel Lamb. Right. He he uh, does all he puts everything onto paper. So I've done that in the past. But any song you're playing, any song I'm playing is is you know discussed. You know, previously we decided, okay, we're going to play this song. We're going to add it to the mix, and then I'll go through it with with Yisrael Lamb. I'll tell him, you know, a little bit of rhythm direction, but then he'll put down all the horns. He'll basically arrange the song onto paper for me. When I get to the wedding, it's basically relaying the the chart. Obviously, the horns are going to play what's written, right. but it's relaying the chart to the rhythm. I'm directing the rhythm, which is the like I said before, the myself, the drummer, bassist, and the guitar player. That's kind of my focus as far as live interaction with the band trying to get them to do because we don't write out rhythm it's specifically we try to create it on the band's then and then the horns are going to basically follow suit so my my focus coming to a to a wedding is and you know in the also the prelude obviously before the wedding as well is is making sure that that rhythm section has a very live interactive feel which is where you're able to work off the crowd if everything's very right. sterile it's not going to be able to be you know work created right. with the crowd so we basically wait wait for the crowd and we wait for the the rhythm to create it off each other as you do i'm very i'm i'm a big believer in in creating things on the bands then so you throw will basically arrange it in 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 the on the on paper but then the rhythm will basically you know have a chemistry and create something so will lamb ever but, say to you when he hears your improv will he ever say that was an interesting twist that happens you just- every night He's like, oh, that's how it went down. All right, I got it. I got it. Let and me... the most recent song you've added to the repertoire. Give me an example of something you worked with Lamb on very recently. Uh, Ki Malacha, which is a which is a ballad from Moshe Shapiro. That's right. the most recent one we played. Right. Uh, that was this last Sunday. Uh, as far as we dance songs, we're bringing in a lot of old stuff, to be honest. Right. The new, a lot of good the classics. The new uh, right. Robbie Shimon from, from uh, MBD right. that just came out. We're doing that. Kedai, he calls it, that's, right? Yeah, Kedai. And that's, uh, I mean, there's a, obviously that's a live one, but there's, there's every, every day stuff's coming out. As long as it's good, it, it gets added to the mix. Just, just yeah. going back to what Elliot's, sure. what you had asked Ellie before about, you know, his job and what I think people sometimes looking mm-hmm. outside in don't realize. Ellie has an uncanny ability to have the band sound like they're doing something that's being rehearsed, that's been rehearsed for a long time and make it sound like we've done that over and over again when really he's just come up with it on the spot. And whether it's, you know, 
verbally communicating it through the microphone that we all hear in our ears or whether it's by physical um you know signals si- signals he has an uncanny ability to have the band follow and do it at the same time um to make it sound to the listener like it's something that we've been planning do you need to be a musical genius to do that yes yes you yes, do. You, you, th- you need a level of genius to you, be able to yes, improvise abs- like that. absolutely it's not it's it's the the improvisation is one level of genius but the communication mm. the the actual execution right. you know there's a lot and that goes for music in general too there's a lot of people who um you know know a lot about music and and know a lot about their instrument it, it, there's a difference between knowledge and execution execution do you agree that it sounds like you've done it a hundred times when when you hear the musicians with you i would say 95 percent of the time it, really it goes off without a hitch but again the, in every the, section of the orchestra yeah i mean you're, you'd be surprised like, like he's saying a lot of people it you know even on the on the clips and everything like that it sounds like it's very rehearsed and that's that's the key but the main again i was saying this before but the the, the most important thing for me is we're playing at a wedding right and if you're locked in a box if you're playing with uh, backing tracks and you're kind of doing everything that has to be done based on the paper and you have no flexibility to work off the crowd, you're in trouble. Right. I really feel strongly that, that and I, I've, do, I've been doing this in a lot of scenarios and a lot of different bands, and the most important thing for me is to be able to have that flexibility to work off the crowd. When you're doing a, you know, a party like we had this past Sunday, right. you want to be able to go into you know, a white stripes at the end of the first, mm-hmm. first dance. You can't do that if everything is prepped. Yeah, you have three alterations of the song, but you, know, you can never prep what the crowd is going to be doing so you want to always have that flexibility and you want to have the ability to make sure that the band is going to be following you you know right up to where you're at does does aaron teitelbaum encourage you to do what you just described um aaron teitelbaum (laughs) it encourages give you the free reign to do this definitely gives you the free reign he is uh he gets very excited when it goes down but he it's hard works I don't think he himself knows what was rehearsed and what wasn't. Right. That's the key. We try not to tell him that that <laughs> that was that could have went really bad, but it, but it got but it went off well. So, the, but it it also doesn't hurt. You know what gives us the ability to be this flexible and to be um, creative on the bandstand is that you have a guy like Aaron Teitelbaum whose attention to detail is second to none. And when you have that type of fun, foundational support under you. It gives you a lot of confidence to be able to have the freedom to do other things. You know, if we would come to a job and worry about certain things or be confused about certain things and not be clear on certain things, we'd have to, you know, kind of grip a little tighter onto the program. Um, whereas Aaron is is so unbelievable with his attention to detail, and we feel like we know every single piece of information we need to know going into a job in order for to be successful we feel so prepared that it's it's a little bit easier for us to be flexible and to be creative on those type of things mm-hmm. so it's a real credit to that's Aaron a huge and thing how he does that it. is that's absolutely true and i'll elaborate on that the 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 prep that i get going into a wedding um is is it's perfect it's pristine there's you, we there's no detail missed and that gives me the ability that we could do things on the fly. In other words, when a, when a guest comes over and suggests a song, we're able to do that because I'm so clear on what the prep is and what the client requested. And not to insult anybody, but you probably have never been never had in, that. at that level. You've never I seen mean, it at that I tell level. it to everybody. Everybody asks me, so how is it working with right. Aaron? There are four people at every single job, four people that are running the show. Right. It's not just Aaron. Aaron, and he has a whole crew. He's got Joe there. Uh, Wham is there most of the time. I mean, Yaki you're talking Khan. about Yaki, Khan. Yaki Khanzer, You're talking about a real crew right. of, of even Chad K. Sometimes right. you're talking about a real crew of guys who are running the show, and then we could just do music. 
That's you don't get that. Not in any band. Ellie Lax, Yisrael Wretches, both here. I, I thought I'd get to some music, but now I'm, I'm already thinking because I know you have to leave in about 25 minutes. I'm already thinking that we'll do another morning where we concentrate on the music. So many things I want to ask you about. Uh, you, so you've been on the bandstand for over 10 years, correct? Yisrael Wretches, yeah. and you, how many 10. years? Also around 10. Is the waiting difficult? There's a lot of downtime, or at least it seems to us. You may say these breaks are necessary and really not that big of a deal. But there is downtime on the bandstand, waiting for the Hudson and Kala to come in, things to get started, etc. Does that sap you sometimes of the ability to stay you know, up there at top level, or it's really irrelevant? The You mean energy-wise? Yeah. The, so the the way, I mean, at least the way I try to... to you know, create the vibes throughout the, the wedding. The the beginning of the wedding, the first hour, is we're we like kind of jam out where we're just playing a bunch of standards or we're you know our Your own choice. twist on so it's all total right. like freedom. The the musicians really get to just you know improvise and it's a lot of you know it's just, a great warm up. It's a right. it's a great warm up, but not so much musically, more chemistry. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's yo we we yeah maybe we did a gig last night, but today's a new day. Let's you know get back together on a musical page because everybody comes in. Music is an emotional thing, and depending on your mood, that's how you know that's how good you're going to play. So when you when you come into the wedding, you want to kind of be able to play a music that brings everybody together. So that's that's what happens in the beginning of the wedding. That's for the first hour or so. That's what we call the shmorg. Right. And then you need a break after that. You need a kind of because now you're going from you know improv to to very produced music where everything's got to be everybody's got to leave space for everybody else, and it's kind of very you, everybody has to play their part. So we had fun for the first hour. Now we're kind of getting a little bit more serious, like doing a production. And that's where the chuppah comes in. Right. super, super arranged, super produced. There's almost no, there's zero improv in the chuppah. you got to do exactly your part. There's nothing outside of the box. And then from there, that's where, after the chuppah, that's where the energy gets built. You need breaks between, you know, everything. That's where we start doing the dinner. And the dinner is, you know, a couple pieces. First dance, you need, you need 10, 15 minutes to kind of prep for that high energy. After the first dance, everybody's zonked. You're right. talking about like everybody needs to get <laughs> off the bandstand and just like zone out. I can't listen to music after the first dance. There's nothing. And that takes at least 10, 15 minutes, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, You need to detox and kind of get back into a mindset. And then the second dance is a different kind of energy. It's nothing to do. The first dance, high energy, really fast paced. Are you physically exhausted after the first dance? Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. I don't know if you've you seen... you as a drummer, yeah. I guess it's obvious, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could look at the bandstand, we're all giving everything we have on the uh, first dance, especially we're all, we're all really, really putting it all out there. So... After the first dance, you need to detox. It's just an absolute. You, just gotta, thing you that gotta, gotta catch your breath. You gotta, you know, it's it's Think about the crowd. I, I will tell you. Uh, and I, by the way, very. I'm sorry. I'll give you your point ahead. in a second. By the way, very often the second dance outdoes the first in terms of energy. Right. So yeah, exactly. you, as much as you're resting up and trying to get back into it, you may have coming up one of the most intense hours of the you know of your week uh, yeah. in the next few minutes. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no. So I was just gonna say I have a lot of friends that. Uh, play drums not in this business you know more outside in the secular world and when i show them what i do and when i show them you know what what it is that the job entails um they're blown away by the type of high energy that we're able to sustain for the amount of time that we're able to sustain it they can not believe it it's not a normal thing in outside the Jewish music world to play. <laughs> we, don't, we don't even get that. Right. So no, you're talking about yeah. pros. You're talking about guys legit, that, legit pros. Like guys that have played with the biggest names in the world that when they see these things, they just cannot believe how much energy is being sustained for the, the, the amount of time consecutively. It's, it's mind-blowing. And a them. dance set, because, again, attendees at the wedding may not realize how time is going by. Right. A dance set could average... What, 45 like, minutes to an hour. That's a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. Straight. And forget that. Yeah. The songs are going 
really fast. Right. The BPM is like 155. Right. That's faster than a lot of people play music. You're talking about. Don't the si- wouldn't the singers prefer if it was a drop slower or not? It depends on which depends singers. On singer. <laughs> like like a guy like Ohad wants it faster. Always. He doesn't care. He will always wants it faster because he's in Israel. The music is a little faster than mm-hmm. here. Uh, you know, Morty also always likes it faster. A lot of a lot of the singers would like it faster. Some of the singers like it slow. I guess more vibey guys like it slower, but faster slow. The, you're talking about of the most intense music. Even the played. even the slow is not slow. That's not. Sl- right. I mean, no. The, you're talking. Yeah, I, I've had. You're talking about pros who play. You know, shows all over the world, sax players and stuff like that. They come to these gigs. <laughs> after about 30 minutes, they're done. They're they're like, I don't know how you guys have the stamina to do this. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not in music. In like what he was saying. In in you know, musically speaking, there's not a lot of shows that go like this. There's not a lot of shows that have two hours of intense dance music. That El- doesn't stop. Ellie Lacks, Yisrael Wretches, Aaron Tadabam Orchestra. What's it like working with Ohad? Because he's one of the people that's totally exclusive with your orchestra and has made such an international splash uh, at this point. And we've enjoyed him so many times recently. What's it like working with him? I'll, I'll answer that with two sentences. People conceptualize Ohad as a sweet voice that, can go really high and has you know that pristine vocal that pure clarity ohad is the best vibes on the band tonight. he is the most energetic guy at a wedding so if you ask and me, you don't mind if other singers hear you say that no absolutely not nobody does what wow. ohad does he's wow. ohad is um ohad's a real artist i mean he's a real artist and he's a real superstar there's no uh there's I no actually noticed about that. he communicates with you sometimes. A lot, right? a lot. Yeah, I have a great time with him. I have a great time with all the singers, but I do. I have a great time with Ohad. Um, he he does connect with the drummer a lot, and he's the and real you know deal. the language he's speaking. Yeah, he's the <laughs> he he's the real deal. I mean, as as close as you're gonna get to a superstar in Jewish music. I mean, that's what Ohad is. He's the he is a superstar without the superstar attitude. Without the, right. absolutely that's without the a superstar very good point. attitude. He's unbelievable. Are you shocked at his ability to hold notes for 20 to 30 seconds? <laughs> yeah, but again, that's that's right. that's more of a novice standpoint. I'm right. going to be honest Correct. with you. Correct. What, what's that's impressing, a novelty. What's impressing right. me is the fact that he has such good energy and it's not you don't find that that kind of vocalist that also has that kind of energy. It's like really a, a full package. Is it hard to become a great pianist? I'm not a great pianist. Well, whatever I, you are, is it hard to become it? <laughs> he is a great pianist. Yeah, that's what I would say. I mean, piano playing is... is. At what point, at what age did you say, okay, I, I think I know how to play piano now? Um, I played a Malach when I was six. So that wow. was... Yeah, that was the first... Uh, first Without reading music. music right, I yeah, I was all playing by ear. I liked Musical family? Like, is there a heritage? My mom, here? my mom plays... Oh, Millie Lex. I played Malach when I was six. <laughs> no, that was it. That's all. Malach when I was six. But I... I, I didn't consider myself a piano player until I was able to read music. That's, right. And that, that only was happened Was that a I, tough process? I started to write. Once you start writing, then you kind of identify what the notes are doing, and then you Have kinda, you composed songs? Yeah, sure. When I, on guitar. Is actually. there one I would know? Is there a, a No, I haven't. I haven't but you have composed your own yeah, I have, songs. I have a, book I have a great Ellie Lax story for you. Yeah. I was once in Ellie Lax's apartment, and we had a gig together, um, I think an hour later. And he says, oh, my gosh, I forgot to transcribe the song, which means to listen to the right. song and to actually write the notes on paper. I said, oh, my God, so we're just not going to do it tonight. That's fine. He transcribed the song in five minutes. It literally cool. almost the, in That's real, cool. in a real time. Language. It's a different language. In real time. As the song is playing, he's typing it in note by – it's something. It's, That's cool. Yeah. See, to, to again, to amateurs like myself or those who can't 
relate to this stuff, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I know you may not think so, but it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty cool cooler when Lamb does it, though, because he doesn't only transcribe it, he also has the arrangements going on the second line at the same time. Well, I always say, and it's not for today's topic, but I always say that arranging, especially the way he does it, is so unfathomable for yeah. someone like myself that it, even composing, frankly, but the arranging, you know, even more so. In terms Charles Lamb's a legend. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Um one of the things Aaron Teitelbaum made a commitment to, especially when he brought you guys in, was it was to be as 2019 as possible. Mm-hmm. Hence the reimagined, the, you know, to us it feels like we're working with a new orchestra, even though, of course, we have so many amazing, you know, legends who are there on the bandstand for many decades already. Um, one of the things I noticed is that technology is now playing a role in how you run the orchestra. Uh, there are no more paper notes on stands there are ipads that are connected to you know whatever new ipad stand there is that sits in front of the musicians now what i didn't realize was and tell me if i'm right about this if i'm accurate um is that you actually can control everyone's ipad and what they see from your ipad yep i know you don't work for apple but could you explain in 30 seconds how that works (laughs) it's actually more than that it's not just everybody has a different chart right so there's their instrument there's a yeah there's a sax arrangement and a drum arrangement and they're all getting controlled by mine it's basically i mean there are actually two ways to do it but there's a there's an app that you know the you know actually Rush could probably do a better job. He's the one who introduced me. Is to it you really? Do you, do you want do you want the technical break? Well, I want both. You, okay. First of all, is it simple to do? Once no. you learn it, it's simple. No, it's hard to load up. No. In other words, the you need cues in the in the iPad that actually in the app that tells the the saxophone iPad to cue the saxophone chart when I'm cueing the rhythm chart. Right. Nice. So it is a little bit more complicated. They have to. They have to. Yeah. The, the, those are na- what's called naming conventions in in technology, but. From a techno from a technological perspective, there's a what's called a server, and then there's a bunch of iPads that take information from that server. So, th- us the musicians that are not Ellie are the ones that are receiving information. Ellie is sending out information, and uh, that's how it goes the whole night. So every time Ellie pushes a song, um, the sax player will get the sax chart, the drum player will get the drum chart. And, and you know what I thought of the other night, and you're gonna think this is nuts. You're sitting there drumming. Yeah. Don't you need the last line of that song in front of you, and he's already switching you to the next page? Sometimes, so, yeah. So a lot of, t- I mean, it's it's also a it's a, oh, so it is a real problem. It, no, it is a problem. It's not, but they, they have a thing where you could turn the top half right. of the next chart and the bottom half of the last chart right. stays. I mean, for most, for not, I hope that we're not reading all the time. Right. I hope everybody already you know has it down. If it's a brand new song, I'll wait till the last second to switch it. But it switches in a split second. It's right. not. It's not a very delayed process. It happens right and away. And the average cool. listener would never know. Right. I mean, you would never know from listening outside that we didn't have the last line of that chart. Right. That's not. And uh, it, it looks pretty cool, iPads instead of paper. It looks cool to the crowd. Uh, I said it helps you get become 2019. Is that the only thing with that whole system that makes it, makes it 2019, or there's other benefits to it that I don't even realize? I mean, the, the it's a new trend. You know, over the last ten years, to have a proper sound system, so that's another thing. I mean, the, sound, the the sound quality that the band's putting out, I mean, you could hear point. it in the recordings, is is practically you know album quality. Right. A match for that quality. room because every room is different, exactly. right? I mean, the iPads obviously are the most breakthrough thing, and right. the weddings we're doing it gives me full flexibility. You're talking about any I I don't think it's ever been more than thirty seconds from when a, a guest will run over and say hey play this song to when we had that song pulled right. up and we're playing it. and if we they have access to thousands of songs at our fingertips right before you only had access to the amount of songs you were willing to schlep so if there's an obscure song that's you know a secular song from thirty years ago you're gonna find it 
So no, so I if uh, hopefully I have it loaded. If right. I don't, you know, we'll obviously pull it out by ear. But it's right. very, it's very. I don't think I've ever had a situation. I actually pride myself on this. If you ask me, what am I most proud of in in my band leaning? It's the ability to get every single request in there, and it's usually a thirty second wait time. I remember when it was when I was part of a different band back in the day, five, five six, seven years ago. The the band owner would literally bring to the job suitcases. Full of, right. of loose leaf binders, <laughs> right. you know, hundreds of pages thick for every musician. And, and those things are heavy. I mean, now you have thousands and thousands of songs right at your fingertips, ready to go. Yeah, I have 8,000 songs in my head. It's unbelievable. Pretty cool, I'll yeah. tell you. And uh, plenty of stuff constantly being added. As you mentioned earlier, there's, uh, there's hits that are being released in the Jewish music world, aside from all the other music worlds that you might be pulling music from. Uh, because there are some times that you're playing jazz pieces and secular music that's popular that you use as an instrumental, etc., especially before the first dance starts, right? As, as a little bit of an interlude uh, for people to enjoy, and all that is uh, is part of your repertoire. Uh, speaking both with uh, Ellie Lax and Israel Retches, um, another few minutes here talking about the reimagined Arantadabam Orchestra. Okay, so what does it mean? What does it mean, reimagined? Explain the. I mean, some people may have gotten it from the last half hour, but <laughs> from your standpoint, what does reimagined mean? Um, it's Aaron Teitelbaum doing 2020. That's, that's basically what reimagine this. It's, it's, which is, which is a big deal because he's, he's got 40 years of, of like meticulous production experience. And, and now he adapted that to what was, you know, starting to become a trend. And he, now he's actually leading the trend right. to, you know, move that forward and kind of be up to pace where the rest of the music in the world is. A lot of times, Jewish music is around ten years behind, you know, the rest of the rest of uh, the music world. But right now, we're actually holding we're holding right there with them. And that so must be a great feeling for someone like feeling. you. We could play. You could, we could pull out, you know, current Latin interludes. We could pull out, you know, what's happening in the real music world. What what you hear at a at a you know a, at any type of event. At any type of event, right. you're you're getting that. You're getting little you know inputs of that. While at, at the at same while at the same time being able to play the Hartig stuff on cue the way that you know that crowd would like to hear it so. right. sometimes do you get a and this is really for both of you do you get a an evaluation of the type of crowd it is not just the way they look because people of, of course you know make determinations these days and label people by the way they look but just you get a feeling like you know what let's go in this direction musically because it seems like they're heading there so, to so speak. i'll tell you where i get that from that is from the chasantish so I will never miss a chasen dish. No matter what's happening during the wedding, I'll always walk up to the chasen dish for two minutes, and you get a feel for the crowd immediately from the chasen dish. In because words, it is the young men who are going to control that dance scene. The, yeah, exactly. The crowd is going to be dictated mostly by the, obviously there's the girls as well, but right. that just handles that. <laughs> I, I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll kind of feed me with, you know, the, the, the girls' side is kind of, you know, young today. Right. Make sure you get a little bit of the... The 2020 hits. The 2020 hits, right. but... But the chasantish will tell you if it's a Shayashiv crowd, if it's a Chavetz Chaim crowd, it, the the, the will tell you that. As much as there's requests and the client's guidance and the questionnaire right. that Aaron has all prepared, the chasantish will actually also, solidify what kind of crowd it great. is. They'll also tell you a lot about their energy level at the chasantish. Right. Um, I, I remember I said to Aaron on Sunday um, after after the Shmorg and after the Badek, and I said, it's a Levadic crowd today. And it was. They were unbelievable. So they tell Very you a lot. Cool. They tell you a lot just by the chasnitish. By the way, they're singing in the chasnitish. How they, what kind of energy they're bringing to the badekin. You can tell a lot about how the night's going to go just from those couple of events. Very cool. Aaron Tidalbaum Orchestra reimagined. Um, Ellie Lax, Israel Wretches. Phone number 
Uh, first of all, we should mention, we mentioned Ohad before. Uh, there's really no other way to get a hold of Ohad for a performance in this area other than speaking with Aaron Teitelbaum. Uh, and of course, aside from Ohad, he has access to so many other great singers uh, that are available for your uh, for your simcha. You could dial 718-256-7200 for information, 718-256-7200. Unlike the old days where orchestras would put out CDs and albums, you guys are basically producing some type of video, often done at the weddings, uh, on a regular basis. It could be every week, whatever the case is. Um, is there a, I don't know, this may not even be for you, maybe it's more for Aaron, is there a process of deciding what, what's good enough to release to the public? And uh, I mean, we'll, we'll pick the songs in advance, obviously the, the songs that we want to you know put out. Um, a lot of the times the singers that are going to be featured on the video have most of the input for which songs they want to mm-hmm. you know put out. But it's actually, I, I think it's a great thing that we're able to, I mean, the quality of the clips, the quality of the videos are, are practically holding where the CDs used to be, you know, three, four years ago. And these are live. These are happening live. There's not a lot of post-production. It's mostly just mixing and chopping it up, figuring out which parts, you know, sound the best, right. you know, putting that together. The, the, when a clip comes out, I have no, I have no idea what Iron's, you know, right, the ideology time. is, but what, what happens in the clip, that's all the band, you know, Wretch's Eye, You Saw Lamb. And the singer practically decide which songs are going to go out, which songs are going to go in. <laughs> Do you guys behave any differently knowing that this song is going to be on video? <laughs> it's, like I'll the, be honest with you, it's 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 horrible. I, I love... You'd prefer if it was not like that. No, in other words, we try very hard to not notice the right. videos because you want to get that. You right. want you want people to see what we're actually you, doing. You would, almost, you would almost want them to not tell us there's a video right. going on, you know? He yeah. should do that. He should start bringing cameras to every job and just tell so us just so we don't know which one's going to Which gonna, are dumb yeah. cameras, which are real. Um, have you ever noticed, Israel Rich, yeah. how into it he gets? Unbelievable. And I don't think there are other people on keyboard that are shuckling, as the term goes, the way Ellie oh, Lax does. it's not does. just shuckling. If you watch Ellie Lax, you'll see an array of aerobics throughout <laughs> the entire night. Um, <laughs> and uh, and it's part of the reason why he always looks slim. He, oh, yeah. But... But um, Ellie Lax puts out an energy on the bandstand that unless you're deaf, you cannot not receive that energy. Moving seems to be important Completely to you. contagious. It's, um, it, I'll be honest, I get it only from the singer. That's the only wow. yeah, that's the only thing guiding my energy is the singer's energy. So if it's a guy who's getting into it, I'll get into it with him. If it's a guy who's just like kind of singing, I'll just right. kind of play. How much weight do you lose during a gig? <laughs> I bet three, four pounds, right? Gotta to be, be. gotta to be. be. You also, I guess, right? Yeah, but, but Ellie's, Ellie can jump up and down. I can only move my arms. <laughs> no, I really, I'll be, I zone out during the dancing. I really do. And after, and after the dance set, I'm completely unapproachable. I'm absolutely, I, I, I am in a detox. You are really. spent, as we yeah. say. Well, there's a lot of, we, we really do. We, we, first of all, we care about the event. We do. We yeah. care about what we're doing. We care about the orchestra. We care about how it sounds, and we care that we're doing a good job. And on top of that, we care about the music, so it takes a lot of energy out of us. It takes a lot of effort. Can we invite you back to actually do some live music in this room? Would that be a... Uh, sure. What would you do? You'd bring one drum with you? Like, what would you bring? I could bring like yeah, a snare drum or something? something? If you bring Ohad, I'll be here. I, we could do that, by the way. Let's do it. You we don't could. know about these Stroll Wretches backup vocals. Also, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't want that. You and want... what would you need? Would you need some type of a major keyboard, keyboard system oh, or standard keyboard would be? Because I noticed that you have multiple keyboards with you at jobs, so I'm not sure what your needs are. The, the multiple keyboards <laughs> are just for the ability to do things on the fly, but right. if we're sitting in a studio. I think, we, I think we could have a lot of fun with that. Well, I look forward to that, and uh, I really appreciate you both being here this morning. We have uh, spoken for months about getting these two gentlemen in the studio to talk about Aaron Teitelbaum's reimagined 
Orchestra and what you see now on a regular basis when we are on stage at the weddings and events. Information about all of this, 718-256-7200, 718-256-7200. We're going to wrap up with a uh, video clip, I guess we'll call it. And by the way, folks, Yisrael Wretches is the drummer on the underwater video of Malani. <laughs> All right, that, that Thank I told you, you so that, that came up over Shabbos. Thank Everyone's you. still baffled years later about that whole experience, which we could do another time, we'll by the way. We time. could do it another time. But anyway, this one is a Mordechai Shapiro reimagined piece, Aaron Tidalbaum Orchestra, which was posted, uh, I think, about a week ago. Would you remember what song this is by any chance? Would we know? I don't know what song you're playing, but I can tell you that next to Ohad, Morty has sick vibes, awesome energy. I love oh. him on the bandstand. He's got intense, intense energy. And. You could, like you said before, and I said, you know, my energy feeds off the singer. Right. When Morty's on the bandstand, I'm going to be jumping. And one other point, you, you would you would not speak this way if not for what Yisrael Wretched said earlier, which is uh, that it, it's energy, but somebody who's humble enough to just yeah, be yeah, a nice, yeah. normal, good guy. normal guy. Such so, a good guy. So that's, you know, really important. Big shout out, Morty Shapiro. You could say that again. And he's mm-hmm. scheduled to be here, I believe, right after Shavuos because he has a brand new album coming out. So we'll explore more of this with him as well. And we will play this reimagined recent uh, addition to YouTube from Mordechai Shapiro and the Iron Tidal Orchestra as we thank both Ellie Lacks and Yisrael Retches. This has been amazing. Thank this, you so much for having us. It's an absolute pleasure. Continued Hatzlacharaba, continued success on the bandstand, Iron Tidal Orchestra, everybody. Um, if you want this experience that we've described over the last 40 minutes, you call 718 256 7200, 718 718- Two five six seventy two hundred. This is the Mordechai Shapiro reimagined piece. You are listening to this Aaron Titlebound production at JM in the AM. i
Titlebaum Orchestra reimagined my thanks to Ellie Lax and Yisrael Wretches. Really an amazing, comprehensive morning when it comes to the state of uh, the Jewish music world as we approach 2020. Really incredible. Uh, information about all of this with Aaron Titlebaum, 718-256-7200, JM and the AM on this Rosh Chodesh Sivan, guess what? This coming Saturday night, Shavuos, the holiday of Shavuos. There's a brand new book distributed by uh, Feldheim. It is a book called Inside Akdamus and Yitziv Piskam. Many of you may know that on Sunday morning, we say Akdamus on the first day of Shavuos. On the uh, on the second day of Shavuos, I, I guess only in Chutzlaretz, right? I I assume they don't say it in Israel, although maybe I'll ask our author and find out. Uh, we say Yitziv Piskam, and the book is called Inside Akdamus and Yitziv Piskam, Shvuas's Hidden Treasure Demystified at Last. Aryeh Pinchas Strikoff is the uh, author of the book. He also, you may recall, wrote the uh, Inside Hanukkah and Inside Purim books, and he joins us live via telephone. Uh, Rabbi Aryeh Pinchas Strikoff, welcome to JM in the AM. 
Thank you very much, Nachum. Good morning. Good morning to you. You know what I said earlier? I said that uh, we sacked Dumbo Sunday morning, but for a lot of people, it's still going to feel like Saturday night. <laughs> That's certainly true. <laughs> you know that feeling, Shavuos morning, when when I when Akdumbo starts and everybody's like, "Oh, let's go! We got to speed up davening here a little bit at five o'clock in the morning." Um, you know, it's rare. You have to admit that it is rare in Jewish history. Um, it does happen, but it's rare that that Tfilot, uh, are added um, to the repertoire of a holiday. You know, most of our uh, Shabbos and holiday davening is uh, is established and uh, has a system, and 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 most seem identical to the other. And then you get to the Torah reading part of the service on the first day of Shavuos, and out of nowhere, instead of just proceeding with the Aliyah of Kohen, we start reciting an Aramaic poem called Akdamos. Am I am I right that as Jewish tradition goes, this is a relatively strange innovation? Well, I'd say that uh, really nowadays it seems that way, but Akdamos is really a holdover from yesteryear. Uh, because in, uh, in the old days, the, the reading of the Torah was uh, performed slightly differently. Uh, after the destruction of the first Beis Hamikdash, and the Jews were mostly uh, exiled to, ba- to Babel, to Babylon, where they didn't really, uh, the, the, the language there was Aramaic uh, as opposed to Hebrew, a lot of the Jews lost their understanding of Hebrew, and so a problem came to be that they did not understand the reading of the Torah. So uh, Chazal, the rabbis, instituted that there would be a uh, line-by-line translation of the Torah into Aramaic. So you'd read one Pasuk, and then you'd read the Aramaic translation to that. And that went on for a good thousand years from, from that time. Only started to uh, dissipate in uh, the 12th century, approximately. And for the special days, so, such as Shavuos or Pesach, they would actually have an introduction to the, the Aramaic reading and uh, to get everybody in the mood, sort of. Uh, and it was, it's also the word Akdamas means introduction itself, Hakdama. Ah. Uh, and they, uh, and it would, and it would, it would precede the first, the translation of the first pasuk, the first, the first verse. But as time went on, people stopped understanding Aramaic, and the Shulchan Aruch says, why are we even doing this if we don't understand it? Right. So it started, to, as the practice started to fade away, so did all these other introductory poems. But Agdamos stayed with us, and Yitzhiv Piskam. And it really attests to the specialness of Agdamos, and uh, really it's our connection when you read it, really what comes out from it and brings you to a sense of preparation for the receiving of the Torah, which is, while it happened way back then, every Shuas, we re-accept the Torah upon ourselves. Pretty amazing, I'll tell you. Um, it, it, when you think about it, it's really an, a, a, a beautiful custom and a great addition to the, the service. By the way, am I right that we traditionally, and I think I have this right, we, we, we say Akdamas before or after we say Vyazar, before or after we call up the coin? We say it before, it's, right? It's, it's right after the coin is called up. Oh, so it's after the coin is called up. And and it's is that consistent throughout the entire Jewish world, or at least the part that says Akdamas? So you're hitting on a, in a very important halachic uh, question. Uh, so generally that is mostly consistent today. But originally, because the way it worked was that the first, um, the, the first Pusuk was read, then the translation was read, 
it originally was, as I said before, the first Pasuk was read, then Echodomus was read, and then the first Pasuk translation was read. Right. So when the, when the translation was abandoned, it continued that way. But a lot of halachic authorities had a problem with that because it created uh, a hefsek, an right. halachic interruption right. uh, between the first Pasuk of the Torah and the continuation of that. So uh, several hundred years ago, the Taz primarily uh, stood up and said, we really need to change this and move it up before the Kriyasa Torah, the reading of the Torah, starts. And most communities uh, do it that way. There are some still that uh, maintain the old custom. For example, I know the Breuer's community in Washington Heights continues to do it the, uh, uh, the, the way that was done for many years. But most communities say it right before, right after the coin is called up, but before the, uh, the Torah reading is commenced. All right. I need you to review that. I, I, I apologize for making you repeat. But so when you say the custom and the way it's done for many years, you, you mean what then? That the Breuer's community will be doing what on Sunday morning? So, so they will be reading the first pasuk of they will the Kohen will be called up right. say the bracha they'll right. read the first pasuk of the Torah right. and then they will read Agdamos. Most communities don't do that today. Most communities the Kohen is called up, right. you read Agdamos, so, Agdamos is completed, then the Kohen will say the bracha and the, the so, reading of the Torah. Commitment. So now you've just taught me at least two things. Number one, I assume that that's why we do Yitziv Piskam the way we do that we read one pasuk and then insert the poem. Would that be accurate? That, we, that is correct. We're following the same formula as Akdamas. And the other thing is, as a kid, listen to this story. As a kid, um, I was told by a Kohen that, that he was called up and then somebody collapsed in shul. Now, when someone collapsed in shul, um, the, 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 how do I put this? The warning would go out that Kohanim should leave because, you know, it's very possible that this person, you know, it, it, that this person may have lost his life. I, I think you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So they did not allow him to leave the room. In other words, his instinct was that, uh-oh, Kohanim are leaving, you know, I should leave. They didn't let him leave because he already had made the bracha over the um, uh, over the aliyah. So now that story makes sense to me because, in fact, there are many, there, there's some shuls, as you just pointed out, that not only would read it after Vyazar, but would actually read it after the Torah reading started. Yeah, Interesting, right? Sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it's I guess it's just a proof to the uh, uh, to the custom. Uh, Arye Pinchas Strikov is with us. It's uh, inside Akdamus and Yitziv Piskam. Shvuas is hidden treasure demystified at last. Am I right that they do not read Yitziv Piskam in Israel? It's not read because there's only one day of Yontif in Israel. Right, and that's as simple as that. And Yitziv Piskam is done on the second day. Of Shavuos. All right, so let's do the themes of Akdamus now because um, uh, you've divided this up into sections in trying to explain uh, what Akdamus is, is is telling us, teaching us, and what it is that we're saying, right? As we as we repeat Correct. these psukim, yeah. and Akdamus is read in the style of um, the uh, uh, of the leader reading uh, the first line, uh, first two lines, depending on how you look at it in your sitter or in your machzer. And then the uh, congregation uh, will say the next two lines, right? That's essentially how it's responsibly, responsibly yeah. like that. Correct. Uh, until you get to the end. So now, how would you categorize the different sections of Akdamus and the themes that are included in them? Well, it starts out, and as I said, Akdamus is an introduction. Right. And uh, so we first ask permission of Hashem and all the listeners in Shul uh, to read, because again, this goes back to, uh, to yesteryear, to read the, uh, the, the Targum translation of the, of the, of the Torah reading. Uh, 
for the Aser Sadibros, for the, the, the reading of the Matan Torah. And then it goes right into a description of the greatness and glory of Hashem. Mm. And most people are familiar with the beginning where it talks about if all the trees in the world were pens, and all the skies were parchment, and all the bodies of water were ink, that would not be enough of um, raw materials to even write down all the greatness, to describe all the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because it is just infinite. It, it's, he's, he's just it, it's, it's not, it's indescribable. But then he goes on to say, well, we still can recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu's greatness in different ways. So he goes on, the first way we can recognize his greatness is that we see that he created the world, and the poetry with it was in which Rabbi Meir Schatz, the author of Agdambas, describes how Hashem created the world is just, is just amazing. You feel so, it really, it's really uplifting. And then he goes into another way we can recognize is to see how the angels in Shemayim praise and, ho- and praise that Kaddish Baruch Hu every day when they recite the Kedusha prayer, which we say every day during Shemona Esrei, when the Chazan repeats Shemona Esrei, but they say in a, in a tremendous, magnanimous way in Shemayim, seeing the imagery and how they discuss it, and you actually feel like you're there. Really, you can appreciate uh, the tremendous, uh, the tremendous uh, uh, magnificence uh, of, uh, of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that's basically the first theme. We describe the greatness and it describes the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Pretty amazing, I'll tell you. Uh, and it continues with more beautiful themes. It continues with the uh, description of the award, the reward that awaits the righteous at the time of the redemption of Olam Haba, uh, reward of the uh, epic battle and great banquet of the Livia Sun. Uh, I mean, you have a lot of different things that are not dumbest that are, uh, you know, it's hard to believe that so much was impacted into one big poem, you know? It really, it really is amazing, and really, uh, I mean, it starts out, like I said, with the greatness and glory of Hashem, right. but then it talks about the greatness and glory of the Jewish people and goes through the different steps. Importantly, it describes how we're greater than the, the angels because we do everything for Hashem with our own free will. They get to praise Hashem once, you know, once a day or sometimes once in a lifetime, depending what kind of angel you are. But the Jewish people, three times a day, we get to say Shema. We get to be the Hashem's emissaries in this world to, to carry out His plans for the world. And then it goes on to show also why the Jewish people are great, because when this poem was written, which was in the Middle Ages, uh, the, the author, Rabbi Meir Schatz, was actually one of Rashi's rabbeim. So he lived in the 10 hundreds, uh, the 11th century. And during that time, there was a lot of persecution of the Jewish people, and the Christians were trying to convert us at every turn. And one of the things that they really tried to employ were these debates. They pulled, they pulled in, in, whether it was a priest or sometimes a Jewish apostate, they forced the Jews to debate them. And these, uh, these debates were actually very unfair. Uh, they would often uh, uh, restrict the Jews of what they were allowed to say. And at the same time, they weren't, the Jews were not allowed to respond to the Christian arguments. And so whether the Jews won or not, it would always be announced at the end that the Christians won. And as, as uh, Rabbera Wine uh, says, an invitation to a, a disputation is an invitation to a program, because that's always what happened. So there was a lot of pressure on the Jews, yet they always stood firm. They never wavered, and they came out holding the flag of Yiddishkeit and connecting to Kodesh Baruch Hu, no matter what happened. And you come out of that, you see, and it shows Hashem's love for us and how he stood by us and we stood by him. And one of the arguments is that the, 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 the Jewish nation say, look, we'll, look what we can, we'll make, you, we'll, we'll, be, we'll make you, we'll give you so much honor, just join our ranks. And they say, how, how can, how can, uh, how can, um, how can you give us what we have for Kodesh Baruch? You can't even match, match anything close to what he can give us. And he describes, the poem goes on to describe the reward that we receive in Shemayim at the end of time and the world to come in Gan Eden. And then, as you mentioned, the, the, uh, the famous uh, battle that's going to happen between a great fish, the Leviathan, and a great, 
ox called the, the Shorhabor or the Behemoth, which God created them at the beginning of time, but they were so big that they would consume the world. So we hid them away for the tzaddikim, for the righteous at the end of time. And these two animals were gonna, are going to engage in a tremendous joust. And at the same time, they're going to slaughter each other. The horns of the ox are going to go into the fish at the same time. The Leviathan's razor-sharp scales are going to enter into the, into the ox. And then the tzaddikim are going to eat the meat of these animals under we, as we say, you know, when we leave the sukkah, we always say uh, we should be zocha, we should merit sitting under the sukkah of the or shell of Yosan, the skin of the Yosan. We're going to sit under a sukkah of the, of the skin of the Yosan, and this is going to be an ultimate simcha, a simcha, a happiness that's never-ending. In this world, we have happiness, but it's finite. There, it's a never-ending simcha. When we read this poem, and we go through it, and we see how privileged we are to be part of the Jewish people and close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how we love Him, He loves us. You come out of this poem, you are ready to accept the Torah. We know in Shavuos we accept the Torah again, just like we did at the time of Matan Torah. We are, you come out so excited, so, so, so uplifted. That is what Agdamas does for us, and that is why, out of all the other poems that might have been in the other Torah, this one stood the test of time, and we still say it every year Rabbi, for Kriyas Torah. Rabbi Aryeh Pinchas Strickoff, the book is Inside Akdamos. I assume it's available everywhere, right? Oh, everywhere Jewish books are sold, and on Feldheim.com. Uh, who came up with the tune for Akdamos? Any idea? That I'm not sure. I know it's a very ancient tune, and uh, when you hear that tune, you know, I know everybody does. If you feel inside that welling up of that shuas, that special yumptiv shuas feeling. And, do, you, uh, do you sort of regret that for half the people who stay up all night, it's, uh, they're, they're, very, they're very sleepy during Akdamas and may not appreciate it as much as they should? That's why I wrote the Safer. That's why I want to renew. We got to renew and bring back the appreciation, understanding. You know, a lot of the translations out there, they're good, but they're, some of them are the, the, the wording of Akdamas is very hard, very hard Aramaic, and so the translation sort of reflects that. My book comes out. I take make an elucidated translation, so it actually flows like a narrative. And when you read it, you really can feel it, and that's what I want to bring back. So when we're falling asleep, we won't be falling asleep. Actually, we'll wake us up. By the way, I, I'm telling you, Akdamas. Based again on your translation, what I've seen in the book, it, it's sort of like a Musser safer, frankly. It's like it's it's very inspiring in terms of you know knowing our place in the world and uh, our our role, Torah's role, God's role, etc. There's a lot of very you know heavy spirituality here that people appreciate. If they go through the words carefully. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you didn't love my Cohen story, right? No, I mean you know it's <laughs> it really you know, happened. <laughs> It's an interesting thing because, um, actually, you know, um, the, the, the author of uh, Romeo Schatz was from Worms, Germany, from Varmeiza. Right. And um, the community of Worms actually did not recite Agdamas on Shuas because there's actually a similar story. When you said that, it reminded me of that story. I mentioned it in a footnote in the book that um, they said it, it was said for many years, and then one year the person leading Agdamas suddenly died right there wow. in the rural recitation. So, uh, so uh, it was not said there further. But uh, that did not stop the rest of the world of it going out. Um, and by the way, in the story, in the book, I also bring down um, the, the story that many people know. It's sort of a, uh, uh, a legendary story about, uh, about Rav Meir Schatz, about how the, 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 the poem, he came to write the poem. Maybe many people learned it when they were in their childhood years of uh, how there was a Jewish community um, and, uh, and uh, they, were un- they were put under the threat of this uh, priest who wanted to annihilate them. And they had to engage in a debate. Um, and uh, they were given some time to prepare, and they needed to find somebody who could uh, debate this priest, because this priest was able to engage in some form of witchcraft. And so what they did was uh, they figured that they have to go find a Jew who can stand up to him, and where would they find him? On the other side of the Sambachon River, which is a mystical river that uh, many people may have learned about uh, 
and it's it's a river that rests on Shabbos, um, but throws rocks during the week. So you, it's like a very violent river, a mystical river. You can't cross because it's lethal. But on Shabbos you can't cross because it'll be chil Shabbos. You'll violate the Shabbos to cross it. But of course we know when uh, life is in danger, you're allowed to cross. You're allowed to do anything almost uh, uh, to, to save a life on Shabbos. So they selected Rav Meir Schatz to cross this river to find a Jew who can debate. Um, who can debate uh, this priest, uh, but he would not be able to return back. He'd be lost behind, that, behind the river because um, uh, he wouldn't be able to return back because he, it he wouldn't be saving a life to return back, but the Jew on the other side of the river would be able to, to, to return back. Who are the Jews on the other side of the river? Well, it's brought down that you know, when the ten tribes were exiled, many of them were exiled behind this river, and they, were, and they, and they stayed there, and they were more uh, on a lofty level, sort of on the level they were exiled during the time of the first base of Migdash. They were holding... From that level during the time of the first base of Migdash. So he went there on Shabbos. He sent back this other Jew on Shabbos. And before he sent it back, he wrote Agdamas because this occurred before Shavuos. He gave him the, he gave him, uh, taught him the Agdamas. And he said, when you get back, please teach it to the entire Jewish community. And he came back. He debated the priest. They won the debate. The priest uh, met his end. And the Jews were saved. And he spread Agdamas. So there's, uh, you know, it, there's a lot of uh, whether it's true, whether it's not, whether there's a kernel of truth in the story or not. But I talk about it. I talk about history and many gedolim who actually give veracity to the story and how they do so very very fascinating so it's brought down in my book as well very cool inside akdamas check it out everybody it is uh, a, the perfect addition to your shvuis sunday morning um enjoy it inside akdamas and yitziv piskam arye pincha strikoff by strikoff i thank you hatzlacharaba on the book i hope a lot of people out there explore it and enjoy it Thank you very much, and a good yontif to everybody. Have a wonderful yontif. More coming up at JM in the AM. Shavuos, the last Yom Tov of the year. 
It's time to celebrate the day that Hashem gave us the Torah on Har Sinai and all of the sweet mitzvos that we do every day of the year. On Shavuos, we stay up and learn, eat milchik foods, read the story of Rus, and celebrate the gift of the Torah. J.M. in the A.M. There he is, Uncle Maishi with the Shavuos medley here at J.M. in the A.M. My thanks to Rabbi Strickoff 
We had a wonderful opportunity to speak about Akdamus and his brand new book, Inside Akdamus, here at JM and the AM. Uh, don't forget our spring fundraiser is uh, in full swing. Um, give generously by going to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and we thank you, fjbunity.org. Support JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Listener Chaya says, Chodesh Tov, please remind the New Jersey listeners who have local primaries today to show up at the polls. I did my civic duty this morning. Thanks. Thank you, Chaya. New Jersey, do you have uh, elections where you are? If you do, make sure to uh, go out and vote. You know the importance. We've discussed it about a million times on this show. Go out there and vote. Achenu Yisrael and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSingle.com, on the NachumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up a Tuesday here at JM and the AM on a Rosh Chodesh morning. My thanks to both uh, Ellie Lax and Yisrael Wretches of the Iron Tidalbaum Orchestra. What a great morning with them. And uh, my thanks to everybody Strickoff. My thanks to Elliot Weiselberg. My thanks to all of you. For tuning in, plenty more tomorrow starting at 6 a.m. Make sure to be tuned in. Coming up, JM Rewind is next. If you missed the sounds of 1967 on our Yom Yushalayim special this past Sunday, if you missed the sounds of the Six-Day War with Mayor Weingarten, stay tuned. They are coming up next on JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. At 10 a.m., our community with the United Task Force with the staff of Interborough, and at 11 a.m., it'll be live lunch with Avrami. Have a fabulous and incredible Tuesday on Rosh Chodesh. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.